Hi, I'm Danny Hernandez, a member of Christian Bible Fellowship. Welcome to today's episode of the Shepherd LA podcast. Shepherd LA is a conference to inspire and connect like-minded church leaders for greater church health in Los Angeles. Learn more at shepherdla.org. As always, I'm joined by PJ Tobian, a pastor of Bethany Baptist Church in Bellflower here in Southeast Los Angeles. So PJ, here in LA, there could be a lot of isolated pastors. LA is huge, it's, it's spread out, um, and many pastors can feel isolated, alone, and you know their desire might be to make gospel impact here in Los Angeles and the city and then greater LA County. Um, but some of them might feel confused or have a lack of connection or might even feel burnt out and frustrated. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about that today. Have you sort of felt that problem for yourself or from other pastors that you've talked to? Yeah, I mean, I, came, I come from a Bible church background where uh, we were not part of any denomination or cooperation of churches. Uh, we planted a church in Los Angeles, Crossview Church LA. It's, it's been disbanded since 2014, but we started there, and I really didn't know too many people in Los Angeles. I certainly felt lonely. We started a church with 13 members, and so, yeah, I felt lonely, discouraged as, as, as time went on and as ministry went on. And I certainly needed church allies and church uh, fellow pastor friends. Is there any ways that you remember kind of that impacting your ministry, or or how do you how that made you feel kind of going through that experience um, back in at that time? Um, yeah, I, I probably doubted myself at some points. What am I doing here? Am I doing things right? Um, do I have any other wiser pastor friends who could give me insight or encouragement or rebuke and correction? Um, that was certainly what I felt. And so what I did was um, I tried to help the Gospel Coalition start a Los Angeles chapter. I volunteered to be helpful in that. Um, be, and the reason why I did that was because I wanted L.A. pastors who had that like-mindedness of a theologically driven ministry to be my mentors. And so uh, we were able to do that. And from there, I made many friends, pastor friends and colleagues that have become um, dear friends in ministry here in Los Angeles. So, so for pastors who do find themselves in this situation and are maybe feeling some of the things that, that you're feeling, you know, what, what are some steps that they can sort of start taking to remedy that just so they don't run into the same experiences and the same situations that you were going through as you tried to, you know, start ministry, plant a church here in the city? So I think if you're feeling that need to... Um to fellowship and partner with other pastors, I would say, I would break it down to three steps. I would say connect, receive, and reshape. So step one would be connect. What you want to do there is you want to connect with other pastors who believe the same gospel. And that doesn't mean they have to be like-minded in other areas. If they're fellow Christian pastors, you want to connect with them. You want to be encouraged by them. You want to encourage them if they believe the same gospel because they're going to be perpetuating that gospel in their churches. And then after that, I would say you also want to connect with guys who are like-minded beyond that. So for me, that would be brothers who are you know theologically driven, more on um, monergistic in terms of the sovereignty of God, initiating right. salvation and choosing us before we choose him. Um, guys who are expository in their preaching. They want to focus on Christ and exalting him and being gospel-centered, so to speak. So you want to find and connect with like-minded pastors. One of the ways to do that is to initiate friendships. Ask guys to go out to lunch, treat them to lunch, um, give them books. Just email guys and say, hey, I, I'm a pastor in the area. Um, I love Jesus. You guys love Jesus. We're praying for your church. Um, is there a time that we could get lunch to just hang out? So that's how I would initiate, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then in that, I would try to deepen the friendship by continuing to follow up on that. Mm-hmm. Again, giving a book or something like that to show my love and appreciation for them. And I would also have a list of questions. I actually have a list of right. 20 questions to ask other leaders. Okay. And so if I'm ever meeting with a pastor, <clears throat> I'll go on my um, Evernote here and I'll just scroll through the questions and pick some that are really helpful that I really need to learn right now. Okay. And then I would just try to ask them. Do you, can you think at the top of your head some of those what some of those questions might be? Maybe yeah, like two or three of them. It usually starts with their devotional life. Mm-hmm. How do they stay close to the Lord? What are they reading through lately? How are they praying? What are they repenting of lately? Things like that. So personal walk with God. Then I ask a lot of family questions from pastors because I'm okay. I'm scared that I'm going to raise my family the wrong way or my marriage will go off track because I'm not getting some insight. Mm-hmm. So I'm greedy to to find out about family right. faithfulness type stuff. And then from there, I ask church things. Mm-hmm. So those would be the three categories of questions. Theology and church stuff would be the third category. So kind of personal family at the church. Yeah, walk with God, family, and then church and theology and ministry type stuff. And so it sounds like you've thought about this a bit. Why, why was that important to you, particularly as starting off as a church planter in the city, to sort of start taking these very practical steps to kind of remedy that, isolation or, or kind of feeling like you were doing it alone? Why, why was that so critical for you to kind of take action on? One of my fears is regret. I'm 38 now, so I've been a pastor since 2002, but 2008 is when I was in LA, so it's been 10 years. I fear that when I'm done with my ministry that I could have learned something different or learned something more from another brother who was reading the Bible, and if I never asked them, I would be doing ministry a totally different way for all these years. And all I had to do was literally get lunch with them and ask them a question. And that would have changed the way I did my marriage. My kids would have went on a different trajectory in terms of, in terms of them growing up. Now, I'm not scared in the sense like I'm panicking every day. Mm-hmm. I trust God's providence and God's spirit within me and the word. And yet, I know that there's always things I could be doing better. Right. And so I'm constantly trying to do that out of fear of not of, of having that possibility and yet or that potential, and leaving it on the table because I never intentionally asked and connected with other pastors. Now, as an Angelino and someone who's uh, pastored here, and and obviously this applies to all pastors, uh, but as an Angelino, is is there anything that you have sort of uh, gauged from L.A. and being in L.A. and your experience in L.A. that you think just makes this important or, or something really worth considering for people who are, you know, pastoring in this area? Yes, so... um I went to the master seminary. Mm-hmm. I grew up, and so Southern California is largely independent, non-denominational churches. Mm. This is Bible church land, and non-denominationalism is so rampant here. Right, um, and so with that, with non-denominationalism comes isolationism. Mm. So that's just part of the LA mindset that's different from other parts of the country. So um, for me, I've just reflected on why is that the case. Why are we suspicious of other pastors? Um, in my mind, it takes often celebrity heads, and I don't say celebrity in a bad sense here. It could even be faithful, godly preachers and pastors, but you take big-name pastors, and that, that person becomes the rallying point for unity right. rather than the gospel itself and doctrinal discernment and um, effective theological gospel-driven ministry. Right. So, um, yeah, those are some, some things I've seen in LA is isolationism that's been tough. So... Uh, for you, with, with your experience and, and the years that you've had here, uh, are there any things that you have gone through or experienced or things that have changed for me going um, from a church planter who maybe felt uh, alone and, and overwhelmed by, by being here to where you're at now? Any changes or any benefits that you've seen just in terms of you trying to 
practice this in your life? I don't know about uh, maybe changes with when you're a church planner. Sometimes people don't are like kind of suspicious whether to respect you. Like, are you really a pastor? Right. Because right. you planted a church. Like, <laughs> is that a real church? But then being a pastor of Bethany Baptist Church or First Southern Baptist Church, it sounds so historic. Right. That. Um, that in that sense, some pastors might be a little bit more respectful of like, oh, he's a real pastor. They have a church building, mm-hmm. as if that validates someone. But that would that would be some of the changes. But the the more important thing is the things that haven't changed. Namely, I got brothers. Um, you know, I'm tempted to start saying names, but I'm going to leave some guys out if I start saying names. I got brothers in LA who I call, who pray for me, who I just feel like I could trust them with my soul. Right. Um, and whether when I was in LA at Crossview, they were there. When I'm here at Bethany Baptist Church now, they're here, and I've get, um, had more friends since then. But um, that, that's more important, really, is not the differences, but the similarity that I got brothers who literally love me, will rebuke me, and encourage me, and I feel like I can call them at any point, and they're helpful. So what can pastors who are hearing this, or, or church leaders who are hearing this, or people who aspire to be you know, pastors or leaders of the church, what is something they can do right now to sort of get this going, where they can... Uh, sort of remedy some of what they're feeling and and have something like you just described. Okay, so I said connect. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing. Right. So you got to initiate. Get make maybe maybe make a list of pastors that you um, that you think are like minded in the in LA, and then email them hmm. and connect with them, or find someone who knows them and try to find out. Let them connect you. So then email them and try to hang out with them. That's the first thing. And then after that, I'd say receive from them. So from there, you're, you ask questions. You have a list. You seek to learn. You seek to grow. So um, come as a needy learner, not as an expert, and, and receive from them as much as you can. And then whatever you get there in receiving, um, the next thing would be reshape. So reshape your own life in ministry. Um, what, what could you apply from that? Let, you know, take that to prayer. Pray and ask God for forgiveness and repentance and change and growth. So you reshape your own life, your life, your, your, your ministry, your marriage, your family, and then you start sharing those resources from the things you're learning directly from God in ministry and the thing you're learn, learning from other pastors. Take all that you're learning and look for other pastors and share what you're learning with other pastors because all pastors know deep down that they need help and that they need encouragement and insight from others. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. That's good. That's helpful. Uh, so we, we're, we're doing this Shepherd LA conference. How does how does that help pastors in terms of getting this sort of done? What, what would you say to pastors who are feeling this way? And how could Shepherd LA and, and the conference we're doing, how can that help? Yeah, so if I had to boil it down to one thing, if you're listening, like what's the one thing you should do if you're in Los Angeles as a pastor? The one thing you should do is go to Shepherd LA, the conference, on September 15th uh, here in Bellflower, California. You could go to shepherdla.org and find out more about it. But in that conference, what we're doing is we have a confessional statement. Mm-hmm. So there's doctrine. Brothers who agree with this doctrine will be at this conference. So if you want to know, man, I just want to connect with a bunch of like-minded guys. I don't want to just make a list, but I want to just know. I want to meet a bunch of guys right away. We'll go to the conference because on September 15th, a bunch of these brothers will be here. We're going to have at least seven people, maybe eight preaching the word. So there's stuff to receive there. We're going to have prayer time for all the pastors here. They're going to get to, they have the option of sharing their prayer requests with fellow pastors or not. And they have the option of 
sharing their email contact with fellow pastors or not. I'm going to encourage them to, though they're not required to. And if you share your email, then you're allowed to see the list of those who decide to share their email. And now you got the email of, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 30. I don't know how many pastors are going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, you get a, the email of a bunch of other pastors where you can now connect with guys who are like-minded because you know they're somewhat like-minded. They came to the Shepherd LA Conference. So I would say come to the conference. It's on September 15th, 2018 from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. You could actually come at 8 a.m. and we'll have a continental breakfast here. We're going to have Luis Cardenas from First Bilingual Baptist Church in Pico Rivera, Brian Colmery from Cornerstone West LA, Kempis Hernandez from Calvary Bible Church in Burbank, Anthony Kidd from Community of Faith Bible Church in Southgate, Mike Larson, he's in my city here in Bellflower at Encounter Christian Church, that's an Acts 29 church, another Acts 29 church pastor, Chris Lewis from Foothill Church in Glendora, and myself from Bethany Baptist Church. So we'll be coming, preaching. It's a good chance to meet other brothers. Yeah, and these brothers are all here in L.A. They, they know what it's like to be here and to be in the city and what it means to do ministry here. So Right, and, and if you're listening to this podcast episode after September 15, 2018, we are going to have one, hopefully, Lord willing, in, in 2019. But other than that, I would just say go to, go to pastor's conferences where, you, where there are like-minded men. So Shepherd's Conference here in Los Angeles as well. There's the Gospel Coalition uh, West, West Regional Conference or West National Conference in October mm-hmm. in Fullerton at yeah. EV Free Fullerton. And then, um, yeah, so, so go to T4G, uh, the Gospel Coalition uh, Regional Chapter, the Gospel Coalition LA. You can look at that, la.thegospelcoalition.org. Uh, websites like that, you can find guys. There's the Master Seminary alumni page. That's what I go to um, for a lot of like-minded brothers as well. And, and your main point here is to, to use these types of events kind of as a, as a launching board to, to get to make these connections and then to actually develop relationships. So one of the questions that has come up in my mind as I'm hearing you talk is, it could, be, it could be really easy for a pastor to be tempted to be just really focused on, on his church and his ministry because they're, they're just trying to get their work done and do ministry. But what can like, how do you help a pastor? How would you encourage a pastor to guard himself from that, to just be focused on, on his church and what they're doing there? Because that's an important thing. That's primarily what they're called for. So to have extra time to, to do this or to meet with pastors or to be a part of something like this, you know, how would you help a pastor who's who's tempted to just sort of focus inwardly? Um, and is there any warnings or, or concerns that can come with that? So, yes, you must focus on your church first. You are, Hebrews thirteen seventeen says, you will give an account for all of those you lead under your care. You're going to actually have to give an account to God. So your focus better be on your local church, on your members, and on shepherding them well and discipling them well as they disciple their neighbors and the nation's. Um, so I do want to challenge your question a little bit or, or take your word. So we say, where do you find extra time? What you need to see is that fellowshipping with other pastors is not extra time. It's part of what will help you shepherd your members well. Right. right. So it has to be built in to the basic expectations of being a faithful pastor in your region. So for me, what that means is personally on my schedule from 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock a.m. every Wednesday, mm-hmm. I think about... Los Angeles or other pastors. So one hour a week, there's 168 hours in a week or 150, it's 100, yeah, 168 hours a week. One hour of my week, I'm thinking, praying, and plotting 
regarding other pastors in LA? Who can I learn from? Who can I encourage? Uh, Shepherd LA, I have a one hour block every week. And so I'd encourage pastors to, to, you know, it could be 30 minutes every week, but if you just spend a little bit of time every week thinking about other pastors and how you could learn from them or encourage them, that will go a long way in the way you shepherd your own church. If you don't go to Shepherd LA, to this conference, or a conference like this, and, and really aggressively try to meet other pastors, if you don't do this, you're going to block yourself off from the insights of others as you continue in ministry. You might continue in loneliness, isolation, and, and discouragement, even maybe self-doubt as to whether you're really on the right track. And, you, and then in terms of your ministry, you'll kind of be stuck in the status quo of doing only what you already know, but without learning anything new, you might not be really growing the church and growing as a pastor in terms of effective ministry. But if you do come to a conference like this and meet these other brothers and connect from them and receive and reshape, then you will learn insights and fresh application of new truths and familiar truths, truths you already knew, but seeing three different pastors apply it in three different ways gives you fresh thinking of how to apply a familiar truth yourself. So you'll learn that. You will apply the lessons you learn to your discipleship moments in terms of the guys and uh, ladies in your church and your pastoral ministry and fellow elders. And you'll even take what you learn and you'll even apply this in discipling other pastors. Like when I call you and ask you to hang out, you'll, you'll help me out from what you've been learning. And most of all, you're going to leave encouraged. You'll yeah. be encouraged and find confidence in the Lord Jesus through his under shepherds who love you and who are like-minded and who want to help you and cheer for you as we help each other um, shepherd LA. All right, brother. Well, thank you for, for that and uh, for all the practical advice you've given us. And uh, hopefully some brothers will be encouraged. So again, there's more informa information regarding Shepherd LA Conference on shepherdla.org. It's thank my you. joy and privilege. All right. Thank you, brother.